What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 11 of Dream Chasing 101 podcast. Today, we have uh, an international guest. Um, he knows the world of travel quite well. He's been in the game for a long time. And yeah, Cordro, could you please introduce yourself to the people and tell them what you do and what you're involved with? Hi, Sean. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Cordro Brent Williams. And thank you again for giving me the opportunity. So uh, I'm a travel writer and publisher with Voyage Africa Travel Magazine. And we, we, we write, cover, and then talk about everything tourism in Africa and promote Africa to the world and vice versa. And again, what I do uh, with the UNWTO is that I'm the senior expert for communication for Africa uh, under the leadership of the Secretary General uh, Zurab Pulolikashvili. So I, I, I do read, dream, talk, uh, you know, everything about travel and tourism. And that's what I do for a living. And yeah. And I mean, you kind of knew you wanted to be in tourism for a while, but when did you kind of realize that tourism is something that you'd like to, you know, base your career around? I think uh, in the university, okay, because when I got to first year and all of that, I knew that because I like, uh, you know, I love traveling before before I I go to the uni. So uh, what I did was that I read, then read uh, travel and tourism, you know, in the university. And also the good thing is, I like to read, listen to a lot of documentaries, interviews, people's journeys, and uh, exactly the history of the world and uh, and Africa. So that got me thinking, and over and above also to 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 have leisure, travel around, move from my place of uh, origin to a new places. So exploring was just one of my things that I uh, I love to do. So I realized that there comes opportunity, obviously. At the time in the university, you think about uh, being, a, of course, people are going to be hotel, working as a tour operator, doing that, etc. But I realized that also I was also a storyteller. So I thought that I, I, would, I would look at the possibility of running a, uh, a blog or, uh, you know, a media that only talks about and concentrate or uh, give space to tourism operators, writers, leisure people, and all of that. So that's, I kind of saw that earlier on in the university, even though it didn't directly translate. And because I was doing a lot with, um, with our editorial team uh, you know, in the university, so I, I needed to combine all of that to ensure that I pick up a, a discipline, which was like purely communication and journalism or writing, but again, in the tourism industry. Yeah, I think uh, it really translates because when we met at the 2020 Limpopo Championship, it kind of um, opened my eyes a bit more to, you know, the once you hear the perspective from someone who's seen Africa as a whole and kind of the, the offerings we have, it's, it's just eye-opening and it's obvious to see your passion. Can you tell us how you got, because um, obviously currently you're the CEO of uh, and publisher of um, Voyage Afrique, how has that, how did that come about? Is that something you started personally or did you kind of get brought in along the way? Okay, so I, I started personally and again, let me just take you back a bit. So uh, still again, in the university, I was doing a bit of a student work uh, uh, and stuff like that. So uh, during vacations, you probably get some few other work we were doing with Explore at the time and it was a bit Ghanaian and Francophone business. So a lot of my colleagues were in Cote d'Ivoire 
and yeah, we started from that, and we realized that we had a, the opportunity to be doing a lot of talks between the two countries. So I met my colleague Stenforian Ekwabile, who is now uh, also uh, a partner or part of the founders. And so once we went through that that stage, we I realized that there will be opportunity to start writing about it. I mean, without thinking about having the media. So we came about it, we, we wrote about a lot of stuff. I personally traveled across my country in Ghana and part of West Africa. And then I started a blog, you know, uh, uh, that was called Tourist Watch. And we graduated it to, 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 to what we have now with the Voyage Africa. But just to put uh, uh, an emphasis on what actually got me doing Voyage Africa and, and looking at Africa as a main focus was uh, when I finished and after my national service and you know working with other institutions, I, I started working with the Ghana Tourism Authority. And at, at, at that point, I was a PR official and worked in, in, in the communication department. So a lot of things about you know content and news. Of course, that I did my job as an, an, uh, a public servant communicating about tourism, what we had to do and all of that. But on the side, I was always writing about tourism and putting, com you know, converting some of the information for my blog and for my readers. Okay, so we did that, graduated. I was there from six, six years, seven years, seven to eight years. And within the space of that, I took much more interest in covering specific tourism activities. So the world travel market, ITB Berlin, uh, covering all the things with the, with the Ministry of Tourism at the time and everything that had to do with tourism. And so it helped me, you know, get into the African space quite well. And once I was just doing my job at the time with, with, a, with a PR office, then I got elevated to be a press secretary to the Minister of Tourism of Ghana and I had the privilege of working with her, uh, Madam uh, Mrs. Sofu, uh, Elizabeth of Uswejare, and had the, the, the privilege of being part of very, I guess, uh, international gatherings, which then even you know, opened my, 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 uh, my eye to a lot of uh, activities in the sector. I spoke to ministers, I spoke to people who matter in the industry, and then yeah, took it on. So from there on, then I started that, yeah, there'll be opportunity to, to, to in fact, graduate or move from just working for the establishment, i.e. the tourism board, and then I have my own uh, unit or an agency that will concentrate on just providing tourism news, uh, content about Africa, because all the things that we read was much more uh, Eurocentric. It wasn't talking about Africa and all of that. So I saw the opportunity again in that and realized that there is something good out there that you can you can pick out. So it was an opportunity to start it. It was going to be difficult to start it again, you know, but realize that there will be good opportunity for you to have uh, a publication that really look at tourism as, a, as just not because it was a passion, okay? And remember that if you have, you have to have the passion to be able to succeed, but then again, you have to build yourself, you know, and have the the discipline to go with it. So I took that opportunity 
uh, we established Voyage Africa. Like again, you know, myself was one of the co-founders with um, uh, my partner Sian uh, Florian Corbillet. He's now in France. And then uh, yeah, and with some of my team members because they were very, we are a young team and I have a lot of team members that you don't see. I mean, people always see Kojo, but you know we have a team that we operate uh, across the continents and even the world at large. So yeah. Started from that, and then we did our publication. And now we have the 13th. We've been publishing uh, every quarter. And the 13th edition, we do both English and French. And so, yeah, we, we provide, if you go on online, you go on our website and all our platforms, we, we've we uh, inadvertently become the continent mouthpiece. You know, proudly so that we say, in terms of tourism and everything excellent that we can think about. We don't think... It's all, about, it's, it's all about the bad news being the big news, but also the good news can be a news that we can be proud of uh, at Africa. So that's, that's in brief, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I think um, one of the, the other guests we've had on the podcast kind of highlighted um, East and West Africa and how they've kind of evolved and how South Africa is kind of falling behind in, in a sense with, um, regards to kind of the the adaption to technology and what and so forth, so I think having a, a publication that showcases Africa from that perspective in the tourism side, because you know, me speaking personally, when I think about traveling, the first thing it's almost like we've been programmed to think travel to Europe, travel to America, and um, it's always good to kind of have the perspective of Africa from the target of tourism. So I think. You guys are doing a really incredible job. Yeah, and and, and again, it's not to not to not to catch you, but you see, it's what we see. Remember what we what we learned in school, what we see, what we write. It's all do, you know dominated by by a bit from the from the worldview that we have to talk about Paris. We have to go to London. We have to go to Germany. We have yeah. to go to Brazil, and all of that. Never are we taught to travel from South Africa to Accra or go to Nigeria or go to Uganda or Kenya. Exactly. Yet we offer even not the best of things that you can find across in the world, all in one place. And that's what we believe that. And it's not just about the passion or leisure, but once we travel, also it creates the multiply effect of opportunities for many people in the industry. And then we, we also use that as a uh, unifying bond. Okay, and also creating, let people understand our history, our culture, our gastronomy, what we do as Africans and Africa for Africa. I mean, we live in a, a, a global space. We cannot say we're not traveling to England or something. There are a lot of things you have to do. But if we can put the energy to appreciate what is in Africa, sometimes you go somewhere. I mean, I, 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 I don't like to mention uh, destination, but you, you go somewhere and you, 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 you know, you analyze and look at the thing and you believe that we have something better at home. And if we can be able to put our minds to it, promote it as well, uh, uh, let people understand, let people know. Because the first point of taking a trip or beginning to have a trip is about having the knowledge about it, the information. And we live in the information age. So that's why we have to put things, I mean, it has to be deliberate, it has to be considered effort for people to understand that. Uh, Sean, if you come to Accra, not just alone, you can be in Ghana. You can still have your golf, okay? But that's that's that, that's some of the things that I think we can do better, all of us, you know, as uh, as media and uh, participants in the in the tourism space. Yeah, I think um, 
slowly but surely hopefully you know the the whole idea is kind of to enrich our own continent first before we go over and you know travel to other continents because and it's also a problem here in south africa within our own country and i'm guilty of that as well is you don't you know explore your own home like this is our home and um you know, slowly over the years, and obviously with the job that I do, I've been privileged and blessed to kind of travel, see the different provinces. And it's amazing what we have to offer right here. And it comes back to what you said is once you go somewhere else and you come back and you realize you can offer something better over here, right here in your backyard, it kind of just opens up the avenues to hopefully grow um, our sector as a whole. Yes. No, that's, 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 I agree with you. And I see now that you, I mean, obviously you, the magazine has kind of lifted off. It's done really well. You've, you know, created a lot of um, awareness around Africa and the tourism side of it. You are currently the, the senior expert on communications in Africa with the World Tourism Organization. How did that come about? And, you know, is that something that you, you, you saw coming or was it kind of, t- it took you by a um, surprise? Okay, so again, if you if you follow my personal journey and what we do at Wise Africa, we've been promoting, uh, uh, you know, Africa and travel to Africa and come and explore Africa and all the excellence that you can see, you can find on the continent. Okay, so you, you see our job as not just sitting somewhere and 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 just armchair uh, promotion. We on the ground to tell the story, to get the interviews, to let people know what's happening on the continent. And so if you look at it from that uh, you know, holistic view, then you realize that if things are happening from the UN side, from the tourism perspective, where tourism matters more, just as you will be at uh, you know, all the big golf tournaments, I'm going to be at the main events to cover and see what is there. So I've been following the activities of the World Tourism Organization for, 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 for uh, a long time now. And when our... Our President Secretary General, Mr. Zura Pulolikashvili, took over. Uh, we saw what he 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 brought on, and uh, he's being very passionate about travel to Africa. And he, he, indeed, if you listen to all his interviews and all his uh, pronouncement, he's talked about why Africa can go past the 63 million mark now that we received in terms of international tourism arrival, uh, which is about five percent of the, the global uh, figure. And his his take is that Africa has got a lot that can you know that we can promote to the world, and if you see someone who has passion for the continent, you know working with Africa in his first year he was uh, he was on the continent for the you know record seven time, okay in his first uh, uh, year as a as a as a secretary general. So I believe that I saw somebody passionate to promote and give Africa a voice, okay. And as it were, opening a window of opportunity because it's all about how people can get opportunity to use tourism, you know, as a driver uh, of change or as a positive, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, a positive tool to impact life. So uh, from that, just give you that uh, background. I liked and been following and promoting what he had to do uh, in Africa for his administration, and then he came. Uh, you know, he had the agenda for Africa, of which he pushed uh, well, you know, on the continent. So uh, he, 
he thought I'll be uh, a resource for the continent and also for the for the World Tourism Organization to be able to promote and uh, lead communication of his works on the continent because communication was key. And so uh, it was for me to be on the ground and to be able to disseminate what we've been doing or what the UNWTO, not just what is it about, but people to have access to information, to what we can do, to be able to let people understand because information is very crucial in this 21st century. And so if you don't get people to understand, get on the ground, listen to their concerns, uh, then uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a problem because beginning uh, every project or everything that you like, you, 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 you like to do, you, you, you need to put uh, information uh, at the heart of it. So he saw that and I believe that I was uh, happy to be brought on to, to, to lead that uh, outfit in Africa. And so that's, that's, uh, this is how comes I was... Um, I was uh, you know, approached or uh, offered the opportunity to serve the continent, but also to, to be part of that administration of uh, Mr. Pulikas Fili, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an amazing um, story because it kind of just comes back to, you know, if you firstly have passion for something, if you put in the work and the hours, you know, you'll be rewarded. And I think you're doing the continent um, a great favor in a sense, but... Um, I know it's it's your your passion and you love to highlight what Africa has to offer with um, the current situation with COVID. Uh, so if you if you no if if I mean if I may touch on some yes, few things. Yes. So uh, yeah, so from that you've seen that the UNWTO have been very you know uh, not say just only be responsive but very active on the continent and all the project has been happening. So if you look at the ten point agenda and all the things in terms of communication, gastronomy, uh, uh, leveraging on what Africa has to offer to, to, to promote as a destination. And uh, very recently, uh, during this third virtual uh, Commission for African Conference, you know, uh, the Brand Africa Challenge was uh, launched. And that is to let people, uh, brand experts and marketing people to be able to provide, put forward things that we can use to promote the destination. I think, um, obviously, with the, the current situation with COVID, um, how has it been, obviously, you being on the forefront of tourism, how has it been dealing with um, all the, the various... Because, obviously, majority of the people have either lost um, content or lost things to write about. But I think with you being involved with tourism, this has become a very um, big topic amongst every nation because it is such a big um, generator of income. What has your, you know, your activity been since COVID kicked in and how have you guys been um, adjusting to the, your type of content that you guys put out? I mean, I mean we've all been affected uh, with, the, you know, with the outbreak of this uh, pandemic. And, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we kind of suffered because, obviously, we can't travel. Like, you know how we do our operations. We're always on the ground in terms of content generation and in terms of coverage of the event. And we happen to be in a, sp in a bigger space of tourism activities happening. Then we can be able to pick up all the things that we, we can provide to, to, uh, to the travel trade. So uh, COVID has really you know, affected us as well. So... But again, like you said, there's you know there are always silver lining that you can pick from a, a, a bad situation, and for us, it it it's giving us opportunity to be able to educate our base or our uh, audience and readers, and what is it that is happening in the sector, 
And we were looking at, for example, and we've been able to pick things like the, the global tourism ethics, okay? Because now everybody's talking about how we come back and all of that. But remember that tourism will not be the same, okay? And because of the situations of COVID in itself and the kind of things that, that expose us to, or in fact, it, is, it, is, it has exposed the sector, we need to build back better. And, and, and what we took as a Voyager Freak was to be able to offer players in the sector opportunity to be able to speak uh, tell us what what they are doing because uh, information will be crucial and this information age there comes also the fake news syndrome so people if you're not very um, uh, focused and you don't deliberately put information that can help the sector uh, I think that we do disservice to the bigger sector so for us it has affected us but it's also given us a chance to communicate with the use of uh, digital tools like we are doing now. It helps us to be able to speak to people, get our interviews, write about what is happening, and people need information because there's information overflow. So we act like a filter, you know, a good filter to ensure and bring to our readers and our audience what they need to know, what's happening. And we're getting this information from the actors and players of the sector. So that's what we've been doing. And we've, we've cut down on our publication, so we're doing the online publication. We've been doing that already, but we've, uh, you know, uh, kind of grown our online presence and our information and that can help people to make decisions and understand what's happening there. So uh, in the nutshell, what I'll say is that we've been able to upscale during this lockdown in terms of information, content, and then having other uh, programs. We introduced a tourism news wrap, which which main idea was to be able to catalog the thing in brief for people who missed all the other information. And uh, <laughs> I believe you know what's happening on WhatsApp, on online, on social media platforms. So we get the things that we believe. These are very important issues that uh, there's a possibility that people may miss out on that. So we put this information in this our news wrap to be able to uh, not guide, but help people understand and give them a bit of options to make decisions. And so that's that's that that's how we found ourselves. But we cannot you cannot take out the fact that it's been very difficult uh during this COVID that we still want to travel again. Uh, we cannot be in lockdown for 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 it's not sustainable. Okay. And but again, it is only when it's safe and we have to be responsible opening and ensure that this will be part of us. So uh, keeping the protocols uh um, adhering to the measures and once we do that, that is the only way that we can be able to say that tourism can be a, a tool for, a, a, you know, to, 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 to bring back livelihoods. Because a lot of our sectors, a lot of our countries are closed. I mean, not more than 20 are opening in Africa. But you also have to open when you are sure that when people start opening up, they will be responsible. And there is, being responsible in itself gives some confidence to the sector. And governments are able to be able to act uh, uh, and open up the sector. So, uh, what I'll say is that it's been tough, but the silver lining always being the fact that uh, bringing out new products, uh, listening to people, learning a lot of new things, and also helping us put out new content. Okay, content which we know is king. Content is always supreme. Uh, and if you get the quality content, you get the quality people who listen to it. And yeah, we we think that we offer that window of good information that help people to take decisions in the travel and tourism space. And for the people out there who 
haven't um, been interactive with Voyage Afrique, can you maybe give us a short overview of um, what has been happening in the current past week or so? I've, I've seen, um, obviously, South Africa, uh, our Minister of Tourism go on CNN and state that, you know, we, we're going to kind of be focusing more on um, local in, intra-provincial travel. Um, she feels like that's going to be the new way of, you know, until, like you say, it's safe for people to travel from, from other parts of the country. What has been the reception to travel amongst African countries? And yeah, just your, your thoughts on that. I think for, uh, for the general shop, uh, the travel community, people want to travel. We want to get back uh, in our lives and people want to go back to the trade. It's not only about uh, leisure or social, but these are economic issues. And so for events like mines, like legion, all of that, it creates the multiply effect of tourism is enormous, we have to admit. Okay. Every tenth job in the world, one is tourism. So you have to understand the the the, the you know the nature of the sector. Now we at Voyager Free, what we what we've been doing, what we've been even been trying to be very perfect at is to be able to bring the core players in the sector, what is happening in the sector from from the supplier point of view, from the tour operators, from the people who want to travel, and let them understand what is at stake. Now, we've had conversation on webinars, on Zoom, and all these platforms. And there's uh, the, the, the one area that you can't go wrong is the fact that we know that tourism recovery will start domestically and regionally before long hauls. Because as we begin to see, even uh, things that now we are calling the second wave, there's still people not, not sure or being, being advised to travel, okay? We will travel at some point in time, but it will start from regional to domestic, I mean, from, from domestic, regional, and the long haul. So we pick on, on what our leaders are saying, i.e. leaders from the tourism sector, from the UNWTO, from uh, all the travel, uh, travel trade associations, from the ministers, because remember, these are part of a bigger government structure. And once we go we are able to report these happenings to the trade and to the general public and people in the sector. It gives people opportunity to be able to not necessarily plan, but be able to understand where we are at, okay? And, and, and help them to, uh, you know, uh, look out how tourism will be in going forward. So uh, we are proud to say that, yeah, we have, all the updates that come from the ministries, from the tourism boards, from the players, uh, from from uh, even from travelers. So travel, we want to travel again, but only when we're safe to travel. And countries are beginning to open. It will be phased up approach. It will be phased opening. And so you don't expect, and uh, we don't, because this whole pandemic it's a, it's a, it's a new script. There's no playbook for this. So we are going through this situation also by uh, country situations, even though we have to adapt to international uh, standards and what is being done elsewhere. We believe that uh, people have to take the initiative to test the process, to see whether it's working, other countries who, who you know, will follow suit. So uh, at Voyage Afrique, both online, and you never miss uh, what's happening in the sector, but in terms of our online, at what point in time, with our magazine, with our interview, with our podcast, we try as much as possible to have the focus on, on Africa, to see that, okay, it's not all the time that we, we have the benchmark coming from Europe or coming from the West, but there are some good things happening here in Africa. 
that we can all learn and say, okay, Rwanda is opening. Now, if you look at their process, okay, it's it's a it, you know it's something that you can align and you can you can say that uh, it may be good way for us to look at it and see how it goes and people can we can use that as a benchmark. Kenya is opening. Ghana has started some phase approach. We have different uh, case scenarios, and so when we open and we see the challenges that comes with it, you know it uh, equips us or it gives us much information to be able to now build back better. So. Mine, uh, what I'll say is that uh, at Voyage Afrique, we are, we, we are on top of the situation to understand and give people the voice also to be able to educate because information overload means that too much information, too much fake news, too much uh, un unconfirmed sources, and in itself can be a problem for the sector. Yeah, I see. Um, and I think all of the, 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 the stuff that you've mentioned has really kind of started to and it comes down, like you're saying, there is no playbook to, you know, to kind of get through this pandemic. You know, this is the first time in, I don't know, I think the Spanish flu was way back in 19... I remember exactly now in 1918 and there wasn't a globalized world. So in terms of the knock-on effect, it's different. And I think this is, like you said, there's a silver lining in every situation. I think this will maybe allow countries to kind of look at the way we look at tourism and hopefully we can kind of innovate and come, you know, come from this with better ideas. And um, especially in Africa, because I think um, with regards to Europe and, and America, they always have that appeal for tourism. And um, I think, you know, this is maybe a chance for Africa to kind of reevaluate and see how we can kind of. No, I think I think I think you're right, because if you look at the European or the American uh, cases, because see, look, infrastructure is a core. It's 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 a it's a fulcrum in which we we thrive, you know, as tourism. So if you can travel from Brussels to Nantes, okay, from uh, you know London to to Paris with Eurostar with the train and all of that, accessibility and everything is key, is core. So we we need to you know start discussing in reality how we have not just air access in terms of the train, in terms of the rail, in terms of the you know, our borders and drive. When we have these things put put in place, it's easier. We have e-visa, you know, and we know the challenge that we have traveling amongst ourselves as Africans. So if people see this as a as a as a as a as a standing block towards we having to enjoy tourism, the easiest way is to travel to places that you have your confidence, there's there's a road network and all of that, you know, uh, to go. So in building back, we have to ensure that we need to put in the measures. In fact, we need to work in synergy. We don't need to be working in, in, in silos. We need to build that strong synergy to ensure that you know inter, uh, uh, you know interdiscipline or uh, all the sectors that need to come together to ensure that travel is seamless is in place. And I know you based in Ghana. That's your home country. I see um, on your latest episode of. Um the, the news wrap, they launched an app to improve knowledge of tourism stakeholders. Can you maybe give us a quick summary as to how, you know, other countries can learn from, you know, kind of trying to be relevant and also just give that knowledge to, to people? I think it's, look, it's a very good initiative. And again, it's to use the tools and because people are not out there much. So people are home and there's a lot of cultural audience 
And so the opportunity that it offered destinations and countries like Ghana and all other African countries was to be able to uh, identify which areas that they, they believe that can can uh, help build capacity for for stakeholders for for you know even for travelers to have more uh, knowledge and information about the destination. So it's a good thing. The guru thing was to if it speaks to the tourism authority people was to be able to help them uh, understand the rudiments of the sector. They, they will have a bit of a training uh, a platform that uh, you know stakeholders can build their 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 uh, profession on it, you know, in terms of understanding some of the new things in the sector. But if you look at what's happening in Rwanda, in Kenya, in South Africa, there are all these tools that people are taking advantage of. So uh, apart from destination, okay, because I've seen the Rwanda launched uh, also an app with their um, uh, liberation, you know, they, they, they launched an app, you know, to, to, to promote some of their tourism activities. So Countries are doing, but I think they can do much better. There are a lot of online webinars, there are training, and it offers us a window where, uh, of course, things are not the same now, but to be able to, because if, I mean, if you're a footballer or if you are uh, uh, an athlete and you are not training and all of that, you become rusty, you know, so you have to be able to ensure that you don't come out of lockdown, uh, not inactive, but to use opportunity to to. Uh, learn, build your knowledge and understand the sector well so that we won't go back to the new normal. I mean, we won't go back to the old ways of doing things, but going into a, a completely new normal. And I'm confident that uh, once uh, destinations take the routes and travelers, it makes us make this world a better place with tourism. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's the, the, the main thing, especially here in South Africa with the current, you know, the, the lockdown, the various restrictions that we have, um, the public obviously, you know, we are kind of, in a sense, people are just a bit worried about the tourism sector because, you know, you can only travel for business as of now. And um, what would you say, I mean, you've obviously had conversations with people in in high places, what can you say to, to the public just to kind of give them a sense of the situation as to why we are being so careful around allowing travel now, especially with South Africa rising? Um, we, we currently, uh, I think we, I don't know, I think we're close to 500,000 cases as of now. So just to, to give the public a, a bit of, you know, kind of understanding as to what we're dealing with. No, I think that you know, um, and I mean, if you look at it from a health uh, perspective, it's is 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 real, and and the numbers even makes it more frightening, uh, you know, uh, in terms of managing containment and all of that. And uh, you know, there's no vaccine yet, but uh, we've been told that we've been living with this virus for some time now. Again, uh, what we've seen and read from the expert is to be able to contain it and look at ways that we you know we are able to manage it well and then come back to our you know our life because we cannot be locked down forever uh, however there's always a the fine balance and a very precarious line that you, you know you'll be walking in terms of when do you think is safe or depending on your own situation that you have to adapt so the phased up approach would always be the way but uh this phased up approach is all only determined by the National Command Council or by the governments, by uh, you know respective government to 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 understand the threats and how they they 
they believe that it's good for them to go. So, uh, yes, I think businesses are shut. It's, it's, it's a difficult moment because it's not only health crisis, it's a lot of economic uh, you know, knock-on effects. And if, if, you, if, you, if you look at Africa, uh, over 70% of what we do here is in the informal sector. Okay, and tourism is taking a, a, a back, uh, a hit. So what we, what we all you know, need to understand is that I don't think our government are, uh, uh, don't want our sector to grow, uh, except to say that, of course, we have to have a dialogue and look at ways that we can uh, you know, fashion out a, a much responsible way of opening up. Because there's a the fear that if you just go ways that people are doing it, say take a different country, is doing this way so we can do it, you may have to adapt to your own situations and look at whether you do a, 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 you know, hot, a local hotspots, lockdowns, because the lockdown that we are seeing the, now from the experts that we read and what they say, you cannot have maybe nationwide or country to country, but you locate the hotspots. So they are doing that in our interest or in the interest of public health. Okay, but... We also know that there can be uh, serious consequences if it's not managed well in terms of the economic side. So what I'll say is that we, we need to be able to look at the, the science and data and what our, economy, uh, what our sectors can, can offer or build the confidence and say that, okay, the sector can be able to hold 50 gathering or 100 gathering to get tourism going. But all this will be determined by what we've put in place the measures, the protocols, and uh, uh, people's our own responsible behavior. Because ultimately, the, the, the danger thing about this virus is the fact that you can even be very responsible, but someone's uh, 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 you know, style or the fellow being irresponsible can cause you a problem. So we have to collectively ensure that we are putting our... our uh, our effort together to, you know, to be able to, to come back to our, we will not come back to normal life like that, but at least to be able to get tourism going because it's about confidence, it's about trust. And for tourism destinations, trust will be the new thing. You can do all the promotion, but remember that what, what is happening on the ground ultimately will define why someone should come to destination. And when he contract in unlikely situation that he gets a virus, how are you able to manage it? So these are all parts of the protocols that uh, we need to look at our local situation and look at the best practices and benchmark it and say that we can be able to go with this. Thank you so much for, for making this time, Kodra. I think um, this is obviously a, a very hot topic at the moment and obviously businesses are struggling, but it's, it's good to kind of understand the full you know, scope of things. And I think like you say the main thing is getting that trust and make you know ensuring that the protocols are there um to handle you know the current situation and just to close off on is there anything um that you want to chat about that you guys are working on at the moment is there something you want to bring to light thank you Sean, for the, again again thanks for the opportunity and thanks for the good job that you're doing and for us at voyage Africa, what i'll say is that i'd like to thank everybody who's been who've been listening and uh, you know, watching our news drop and following us. And we are all open to telling the African story. You can always send us through your, your news and information. But then again, don't hesitate to reach out to us and say that maybe this we may or can do it better. 
So we are open to to you know to things that can shape because we we think that we can only contribute to shape the image of Africa, the brand Africa, and uh, we believe that communication and tourism will be uh, uh, you know major tools that we can use to tell the world that you know Africa is safe to travel. But I know it's very difficult at this moment. We all want to travel, we want to get the borders opening, but let's uh, let's try and be responsible and 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 uh, ensure that we are prepared to at least sacrifice to 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 get a tourism industry going. So that's what I would say, and this will be my parting shot, and can't wait to come back to South Africa.